This podcast of the Model Health Show is presented to you by Sean Stevenson with Rare Gym Productions. For more information, visit theshawnstevensonmodel.com. Welcome to the Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson here with my beautiful and talented co-host and producer, Jade Harrell. What's up, Jade? What's up, Sean? <laughs> How you doing today? I have been enviral traded. Enviral traded. You got a little bit of the sickness. Infiltrated by the virus. Yes, the summertime sickness. It's, <sighs> it's pretty random, but it happens to the best of us. But I'll assure you, it's a lot of good energy here in this room today. We're going to help you get better faster. I promise. Thank you. All right. Well, you look you look fantastic. Well, give thanks. I feel good other than the little bit of mess that's happening up here. The little bit of mess. The little bit of mess. Silly pants. <laughs> Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in today. And if this is your first time tuning into the show and somebody that you know has given you this episode, it's because they care about you tremendously and they want to see you doing well. And today we're actually going to be talking about 15 different ways exercise can make you smarter, younger, and more successful. So they're trying to help you to tap into something even deeper than just the more kind of primitive ideas about exercise, you know, the getting sexy part, which is important, the health aspect, but there's so many things that are much, much deeper that you need to know about and you need to take advantage of. And this is why they gave you this episode. But before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out to our show sponsor, onit.com. Head over to onnit.com forward slash model for 10% off all of your health and human performance supplements. We're huge fans, if you don't know this, now you know this, of the Hemp Force Protein. The most bioavailable protein for the human body is going to be found in hemp because it has some unique protein structures, namely edestin and also albumin, which is a soft globular protein, very, very digestible. And this is why people tend to turn to something like egg whites to get protein because of the albumin content. But egg whites are disgusting let's just be honest you got to add a lot of different things to it to try to make it taste good but for years people have been trying to guzzle that stuff down because of the protein benefits but you can find a lot of that in hemp and also by the way hemp force tastes good it does if you go to get some random hemp protein i cannot guarantee that the flavor is going to be hitting your taste buds in a nice way it could taste like a sand and gravel smoothie i don't know but you got to be careful with that stuff so uh, Hemp Force Protein is one of my favorite things. Also, the Shroom Tech, Shroom Tech Sport, two incredible products based on medicinal mushrooms that I use pretty much every day. Just being around a lot of summertime sickness, I load up on the Immune Tech, the Shroom Tech Immune, and it's based on chaga mushroom, turmeric, which has the curcumin compounds, which are powerful antioxidants. But this is just stuff to help train your immune system so that you don't get taken down by the random stuff going on. Right. All right, so... Head over there, check them out, onit.com forward slash model, and you're going to get 10% off. Now let's go ahead and get into the iTunes review of the week. This is another fantastic one. A genuine man with a lion's heart, Sean Stevenson, with five stars from Josh Trent. I recently had the pleasure of hearing Sean speak at Podcast Movement 2015 and was truly captivated by his energy and presence. I feel like I found a treasure chest full of gold with the man and the message. Sean's inspiration is for all of us who care about being the best versions of ourselves in body, mind, and spirit. Honored to have met you and learned from you, Sean. Thanks for all you do. Josh Trent, host of the Wellness Force Radio Podcast. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Josh. It was a pleasure meeting you as well. Thank you. Yeah, that that definitely put a smile on my face for the rest of the day. Thank you so much for that. Everybody, thank you so much for heading over to iTunes and leaving these reviews. It means a lot to us. Truly, truly does. But now we're going to go ahead and get started with our topic of the day. 
Today we're talking about 15 specific ways exercise can make you smarter, younger, and more successful. And I'm going to deliver in a big way for you today. You're going to walk away with a lot of huge insights because you know exercise is good for you. Right. But you don't know just how good Mm -hmm. until you hear this. So (laughs) let's start at the top. We're actually going to dive right in here. So number one on the ways exercise can make you smarter, younger, and more successful. Number one is it increases productivity. There was a study published in the International Journal of Workplace Health Management, which sought out to examine the influence of daytime exercise among office workers with access to a company gym. They then examined the fluctuations within the individual employees, comparing their output on days that they exercised to days that they didn't exercise. And here's what they found. On the days when the employees visited the gym, they were found to manage their time more effectively. They were noticeably more productive and they had better interactions with their fellow coworkers which is really, really important, especially if you're working in an environment with other people. So that's just one kind of glaring, obvious thing. And again, this is published in a major journal, looking at the benefits of your productivity from exercising. And this is one of the things where some experts have recommended that if you're going to go into a presentation, if you're about to give a speech, you should do some exercise right beforehand because of all the benefits that it brings with your brain function and being able to improve your focus, your memory, And we're going to talk more about that stuff as we go along as well. So there was also a study published in the Journal of Occupational Environmental Medicine that found that workers in the dental care industry who devoted 2.5 hours per week to physical activity increased their productivity, meaning that they got more work done, they had greater work capacity, and they were sick less often, all right, which is another big component of productivity. If you're sick, it's going to inherently bring down your productivity unless you're working with me and I'm going to bring you back up. (laughs) But this is really important. This is like an insurance plan for you being able to show up and to continue to do your work. It is the best insurance plan because I can't remember the last time I was sick. Yeah, it's been a long time. time. And for me to even, like you said, you look good today, that that even exists in the same space. That's evidence. It there. is possible to be sick, but not just totally right. a sock. Destroy. You know, yes. <laughs> a you just, sock. You're a walking, talking gym sock. Used gym sock. Sweaty, smelly, wet. Football practice gym sock. Ooh, My son's in football in now. Room, it's, it's not pretty when Mm-mm. he comes home. All right. So <laughs> that's number one. So, number one, exercise has been clinically proven to increase your productivity. And now we're going to keep going. It's just going to get better and better. Number two, on our list of the 15 ways that exercise can make you smarter, younger, and more successful, number two is that exercise combats depression. Exercise has been clinically proven to trigger your body to release endorphins and enkephalines. And these are these really interesting chemicals that your body basically produces endogenous morphine, which is the endorphins, and then endogenous opiates, which is the enkephalines. So okay? am I hearing <laughs> morphine yeah. and opium? Somewhere in there. This is correct. Ah. These are endogenously produced. It's not like we're going and hanging out at an opium den, you know, just uh, kicking back and smoking some opium. (laughs) You know, it's not like that. This is something that your body produces on its own. And it's very powerful for making you feel more relaxed, centered, peaceful, and also just kind of feel good, you know. And you know that morphine, it's a pain Pain relief, relief, right? Mm -hmm. It can help to block pain. And what's the opposite of really feeling good is feeling in pain. Absolutely. And so those are two different things that are going on there with combating depression. Another thing that exercise does is it triggers the secretion of serotonin. And serotonin is a very well-known kind of 
mood enhancer. You know, it's a feel-good hormone. And it's a real powerful basis for a lot of antidepressant medications. You know, they're serotonin reuptake inhibitors. So they're blocking your body from breaking down the serotonin that's in your system already. It's really fascinating stuff. There was actually a study done by Duke University researchers that proved that depressed adults who exercise regularly improved as much as those who were treated with the antidepressant Zoloft. Wow. Right, right there in black and white, major university study. And there you have it. But again, it kind of takes the audacity to get moving, Mm -hmm. you know. And there are studies showing that individuals who exercise and take medication also get a lot of benefit. But those just taking the medication, what's so interesting is that they do get benefit, but the results are short term. And if they stop taking the medication, then their depressive symptoms start to come back. And oftentimes with the vengeance, however, with Mm -hmm. exercise, it's proven to create long term antidepressant qualities and factors. So help me with this part. The emphasis on you just got to have the audacity to get up and do it. Why in the heck then (laughs) is it so daggum hard sometimes to get that audacity built up to get up and do it? And we know how good we don't have a problem running to certain other things that feel great. Right. Why would it be so? What other certain things? Going to well, shoe shopping, I, 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 going to get I, nails well, done, going to see that no guy or girl me. you know you shouldn't My be around. Boo, I married him. I'm not talking about you. Oh, I'm gotcha. talking about Others. the. I don't know. Yeah, yeah hit dogs holler, honey. <laughs> hit dogs holler. I was Do you know about? Me. There's like apps for this stuff now. <laughs> We're just hooking up. We're just hooking up. You know. But you know, honestly, knowing the benefit yeah. and feeling the benefit, and yeah. especially knowing that the more you do it, the more it lasts yeah. and as good as it is. What then gives? Yeah, we've talked about this a lot, you know, in different capacities. And we'll talk about this more as we go along. But one of the big reasons is conditioning, you know, and there's this kind of learned helplessness that we develop. When we're not taking action for ourselves, we start to get comfortable in that. And also when we had Drew Manning on the show, for example, mm-hmm. and he talked about when he stopped exercising, to purposely gain all that weight, he actually started to think like, you know what, this isn't so bad. I don't have to feel sore anymore. I don't got to go through all this process Mm -hmm. of like getting to the gym and, you know, taking showers afterwards because I'm all gross. And just, he's just like, this isn't that bad, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we create this learned helplessness where it's just like, it's okay. And if I do it, I'm not getting the result anyway. So we start this mental conditioning programming. That's just one of the reasons. Another reason is the excuses that we give ourselves. The big one is, the biggest one, is that I don't have time. Whoa. I don't have time to exercise. The reality is if you don't have time for exercise, then you have time for disease. That's the reality. Run that one more time because that is so good and I want to embed that, burn that into my psyche. If you don't have time for exercise, then you will have time for disease, period. And there's so many different benefits that go far beyond just looking good, that exercise is delivering. The word exercise itself, we've mentioned many times, is derived from the word exorcism, yes. which means to get the stuff out of you that's not supposed to be there. The basically. demons. Right? Getting the gross stuff out. The anti-workout and, demons. So exercise is really a powerful <laughs> detoxification method, mm-hmm. you know, for ridding your body of metabolic waste products, uh, helping your lymphatic system move, which is your cells, extracellular waste management system, basically. Mm-hmm. So just getting stuff out of your body that's not supposed to be there. And if you're not moving proactively because your lymph system doesn't have a pump, like your cardiovascular system, and you have four times more lymph than you have blood, all right? Four times more, and it doesn't move unless you move. It's basically like a one-way valve that goes up in sections and it has to get up over your shoulders and then before it can kind of pour back into your system. Wow. And if you're not moving, it's just stagnant, you know? So this is why, in addition to exercise, just movement, period, you know, not sitting 
for that long every single day. You know, if you're sitting for a certain amount of time to proactively get up and just move around a little bit so your length can move. So all these yeah. great things are possible, but it's because of the excuses we give. And the big one is I don't have time. That's right. And some of the busiest people that I know, they get their workout mm-hmm. in. They find that it makes it more productive. Multi-billionaire yeah. Yeah. Uh, Richard Branson, when he was asked, what is your number one productivity tip? And he gave one word, workout. Mm-hmm. Or two words, depending <laughs> on what grammar school you go to. You know, So there's just a couple of the insights there as to why we don't do it. But we're going to circle back around to this because there's a lot more important things. And that totally makes sense. And I can certainly see how that can become such a regular part of our operation. I felt it and seen it. The cool thing is, is when we do get in the rhythm, it's hard to let that feeling go. And this is because of this virtuous circle rather than a vicious circle that gets created. You know, your body starts to really lean on and starts to create this habitual positive addiction. We can use the word addiction here to exercise, you know, and it's just this wonderful thing that can take place. You know, when oftentimes individuals who have, you know, come my way for, you know, they want to quit smoking or kind of get away from the alcohol habits or any of these quote bad habits. And the reality is if you try to go cold turkey and just stop. If you are able to succeed, you're going to fill that void with something else that's probably not life affirming. Mm -hmm. So you need to positively interject something that is of the life affirming nature. And one of those things could be smart exercise. Again, not just going crazy with exercise, but something smart and that gives you those benefits that we're oftentimes looking for in these other substances. Mm -hmm. So now we're going to move on to tip number three on our 15 ways exercise can make you smarter, younger, and more successful. Number three, which is Muscle actually protects your body against early aging and enables normal healing. And also exercise in general is going to help your brain to stay young as well. Research by the American Heart Foundation found that for each hour of regular exercise done, okay, for each hour of regular exercise done, you'll gain roughly about two hours of additional life expectancy. Even if you don't start until middle age. How's that for compounding? So again, this is the American Heart Foundation. Mm -hmm. For each hour of exercise you do, you're going to add about two hours onto your life. I'll take it. Right. And again, some people might be like, well, what if I exercise for 16 hours a day? Am I going to live as long as Dracula? (laughs) What's up, Sean? Talk to me. So this is not twilight. You know, we don't have diamond skin. There is an expiration date, but this can, you know, stave off that expiration date, you know, and this is basically, it's a virtual fountain of youth. You know, exercise is that important and that life-giving, life-affirmative. And here's why. Number one, muscle is actually a reservoir for anti-aging hormones. Okay, muscle is a reservoir for anti-aging hormones. It literally houses and contains hormones that help to keep you younger, longer. And these are major hormones that are stored for the purpose of healing and repairing the body. Just you being awake and doing stuff is breaking stuff down. Those hormones need to be there to help to repair you. And if you don't have muscle tissue, especially as you get older, you have much less ability for your body to heal and recover. And this just accelerates the aging process in and of itself, especially due to injury. And this is why elderly sedentary individuals are statistically shown to have a much more difficult time, if at all, in healing from traumatic injuries, right? But those who exercise have radically increased ability to heal. And this is because they have access to these anti-aging hormones and enzymes and compounds that are literally stored in your muscle tissue. Sure. And I'm sure I expect that they'd be more balanced and strengthened to not incur the injuries in the first place. Exactly. Mm -hmm. 
Another thing is that exercise has been found to enhance the function of the hippocampus and surrounding areas of the brain responsible for stem cell production. Essentially, this means literally creating new brain cells, right? Exercise can help your body to create new brain cells. And exercise has been found to help those brain cells to live longer, right? Tons of studies out there and more and more coming out about this, especially about the hippocampus, which is this really, really powerful part of your brain where, you know, this is related to memory, this is related to learning, right? Helping that part of your brain to grow and to enhance. And by the way, there's also a lot of studies showing that uh, exercise, especially in animal studies, but there's more stuff being done with humans, actually grows your brain tissue. You know, it makes your, ba- your brain bigger. Sorry, <laughs> not bang. Yours is so oh, big. <laughs> I, was, I was born in the dark. <laughs> Sorry, not bang tissue, your brain tissue. All right, so it can actually help your brain to grow and to be thick and sexy. Yes. So that's number three on the 15 ways that exercise can make you smarter, younger, and more successful. Now we're going to move on to number four, which is exercise helps reduce stress. This is another way that it can make you younger and more successful. Number one, it improves your body's ability to break down and eliminate stress hormones. Okay, by you exercising, it increases your body's ability to break down and eliminate stress hormones. Now, smart exercise, moderate exercise, decreases the overall cortisol in your bloodstream. Okay, and cortisol is a wonderful hormone that gets a bad rap. If there's too much of it, yes, it is a problem. But overall, cortisol literally helps you to get up and get moving. You know, it's very, very important. It's a daytime hormone, right? You need cortisol, but when it gets to be too much or you actually can turn the other direction, you can go a 180 and not have enough cortisol and you're just going to feel tired and sluggish all the time. Or if you're what we call tired and wired (laughs) and you're really just kind of enlivened at night and tired in the morning, your cortisol rhythm is upside down. And we talked about that, obviously, a lot of times on the show and also in my book, Sleep Smarter, and how to kind of reset and fix that. But the bottom line is cortisol is important for you just to be alive and to be awake. But when it's too much, it's too much. So your body can actually help and be more efficient at breaking down cortisol in your bloodstream when you exercise. Yes. Super powerful stuff. And so the reason that we're talking about this as far as stress hormones is that cortisol is the big stress hormone catch word that people are talking about today. Mm-hmm. But again, I want to say that it's not that it's a bad guy. It's just when it's too much, it can be too much. Right. Right, it's got so. a strong personality. <laughs> <laughs> and also what we talked about already, the endorphins, the endorphins and the enkephalins, these are those feel-good molecules as well that help your body to combat stress. It's like instant stress relief for a lot of people. And they've, they've told me over the years, you know, exercise, like I need it so that I feel good. It's like my de-stress time, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it's a wonderful thing. But again, all these things need to be in balance because even with exercise, we already know we can go too far off the deep end and be producing an insane amount of cortisol and your body has to spend days, if not longer trying to clean up this mess, you know? So we need to respect our body. And we've talked a lot about smart exercise. We'll put, you know, an episode or two in the show notes to go back and and look at what type of exercise we're talking about doing here. But the bottom line is today's show is really talking about the different ways that exercise can help you to look younger, feel better about yourself, and also be more successful in your life. All right, so let's move on to number five on our 15 ways. Number five is that exercise improves confidence and body image. Yes, it does. All right. Negative body image has grown to just epidemic proportions 
especially in the last couple of decades. It's a result of a lot of things. So number one, one of the big reasons is that obviously, you know, in our world today, people are feeling indoctrinated by all of this fake food that we're all exposed to on a regular basis. And they're literally not feeling and looking good generally just within themselves. And they know this, they're just not healthy. But outside of that, the media, you know, what's been pushed onto our psyche is the way that you're supposed to look and the things that you're supposed to do with your life. And if you're just, it's like a, again, a vicious circle where people get trapped in this learned helplessness because they're eating this food that they've been told is the right thing to eat, which is causing them to have screwed up blood sugar, screwed up hormones and inability to lose weight because they're eating a high carbohydrate diet because, you know, the government said you should eat seven to 11 servings of whole grains a day, which keeps your insulin high all the time and keeps your body storing fat. And they're just feeling stuck and trapped. You know, it's like, I just ate this. I just ate this high fiber bar. Right. It's like eating a dry brick (laughs) and I'm supposed to have like epic poops and nothing's coming out. What's happening? You know, and so it becomes this vicious circle. They're not really able to get over that stuff and to get moving. And even if they're exercising, I know you see this a lot too. People Mm -hmm. are kicking their butt in the gym and not getting the results. And it's because of what's going on with the food system, which is a big part of that. And the media thrown on top of that can really start to damage our self-image. Now, here's the good news. Research does indicate that by changing the way that you're eating, obviously, you know, is a huge component of this. And then doing smart exercise, getting your sleep optimized, doing some stuff to modulate stress, which exercise can help with all of this and be a complement to all of this. You can take back control of your body and your life. You can do this. Right now, though, we're in a state where 60% of adults in national study say that they are unhappy with the way that their bodies look. Okay. This is more than half of us, and probably I'd say more than that, really. And the great news is that exercise helps improve all of that in and of itself, but with the right nutrition. So again, this show is dedicated to the exercise component, but I never want to leave out the fact that there's so much more to you to make you complete and whole. But research out of the University of Florida that was published in the Journal of Health Psychology found that people who don't achieve workout milestones such as losing fat gaining strength, or boosting cardiovascular fitness feel just as good about their bodies as their more athletic counterparts. So just you consistently participating in exercise regimen for yourself Mm -hmm. makes you feel right sexy as the people who are seeing these phenomenal results with their bodies. So as far as self-image and confidence goes, you're going to feel better about yourself when you feel stronger and you feel more capable And it just, it is what it is. It's right there in black and white. So Mm. if you're feeling down about yourself or you're feeling that you're not enough, exercise is a huge gateway to you seeing the real you. That's right. Jump up, do three push-ups right now and you'll see. Tray push-ups. feel all tight. Your arms will feel like they're still functioning. It's cool. It works instantly. I love that. (laughs) Just three? Just three. You haven't do a triplet. (laughs) I didn't want to press anybody too hard. It's okay. I don't know where you came up with that number, if it was based on the three little pigs hey, or if it was based on Goldilocks and the three bears. Yeah. Three must three. be a sacred number. Get it up and do a three. magic number. All right. Get up and do it. So let's move on. So that's number five is that exercise helps to improve confidence and body image. Let's move on to number six. Number six is that exercise helps increase overall strength and functionality. And this is where we put on the Captain Obvious cape. 
mm-hmm. and we stand there and we know this one. We know that exercise improves your overall strength and functionality. But how does it do that? Well, basically, it helps to stimulate the function of certain muscle fibers. You know, you've got the fast twitch muscle fibers, slow twitch, and also the intermediate muscle fibers. And we've talked about that in a past episode. We really dug in deep in the episode when we talked about HIT training, mm-hmm. about your different muscle fibers. And this helps to create all different types of strength because you have strength that you can literally pick up like we were just flipping like 500 pound oh tires goodness. right the tires so, that you showed on your video on instagram so you can literally flip like massive and you know you hear the stories of the moms picking up cars you know off their child and things like that but mm-hmm. you have the ability but you can't do that very long mm-hmm. you know you have this incredible ability to tap into for you to be able to move heavy weight or to move very quickly but then you also have other muscle fibers that help you to go on for a much longer period of time. And so it helps increase the strength overall and also your functionality. So this is making sure that you don't end up not being able to take care of yourself. Right. You know, And this is a, a big situation that's happening in our society, obviously, that we didn't see you know, a few decades ago even. And a lot of people are, and this is happening much, much younger, are becoming wheelchair bound, walker bound, and just unable to take care of themselves. And with exercise, you can help to really help prevent that and push it off to the future of when stuff does start to you know, decline at a more natural and normal rate rather than just some catastrophic thing happening and your body breaking down. Because I don't know about you, but I want to be able to take care of myself and drive myself to the store. Yes. You know, when, when I'm, I'm 99, when I'm 99 mm-hmm. and seven days, I set a goal you know? for how old I want to live. At you know, least. I'm going to be like, honey, because mm-hmm. my voice is going to be the same, <laughs> right. but just a little more. Honey, honey, I'm going to get a juice. Yes. I'm going to get a green juice. You want one? She'd be like, yes, baby. Because that's how she'll sound. And then I smack her on the, and now I walk out the door. And so that's what's going to happen. 99 and seven days for me. And this is something possible for all of us, but it starts right now. Your future, your future, you, your future body, future mind is created right now with the things that you're doing and especially the things you do on a regular basis. So there you have it. That's number six. Move on to number seven of the 15 ways exercise can make you smarter, younger, and more successful. Number seven is the fact that exercise improves your memory. Now, this is some fascinating stuff here. There was a study done at the University of British Columbia. Researchers found that regular aerobic exercise boosts the size of the hippocampus, which we talked about earlier. And this is the brain area involved in verbal memory and learning. Okay. And then neuroscientist Dr. Wendy Suzuki, and I watched a wonderful TED talk from her, and she said that brain plasticity, which is just a fancy way of saying that the brain can change in response to its environment. Every time you learn something new, something in your brain changes. I mean something physical. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's what she said. Every time you learn something new, something in your brain changes. I mean something physical. And Wendy Suzuki actually found and she integrated, this is a neuroscientist, Dr. Wendy Suzuki, a neuroscientist. She integrated exercise into her classes as a professor. And it's this type of exercise where they actually imbue affirmations, you know, affirmative dialogue, you know, so maybe they'll do some punches. I am great. I am powerful, you know, and just do all this stuff and kind of, you know, it's really enlivening. And, you know, these are incantations, which is a step further than an an affirmation. This is like something physical involved. And it really does help to kind of get it deeper into your subconscious, basically. 
That's kind of sexy to say, too. What's that? I did my incantation. My today. incantation. Mm-hmm. You want to do this incantation with me? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so what Wendy found was that exercise improved the ability to learn new information and it improved long-term memory when she actually tested her students at the beginning and then after following her regimen. They actually improved their long-term memory. All right, this is so powerful and so fascinating. Just by imbuing exercise shortly before learning. Okay, so powerful. And you guys have the ability to do this. So what's that time frame? Because even for the example you used with the job interview, like, do I need some recoup time? Should I be running Let's, instead of that's driving a great question. to the location? You know, <laughs> That's a great question. And the thing is, this is where we practice common sense. Okay. You know, like you don't necessarily want to run 20 minutes to your job interview or to do your presentation. Mm-hmm. You know, you absolutely give yourself time to recoup. This is something that, you can get benefits hours later. Sure, all right, so that morning. we'll just say, you know, if I have a presentation at nine o'clock, I do my exercise and I'm done by eight o'clock, mm-hmm. eight fifteen, shower up, then I go into my presentation. Or maybe it's an hour earlier. You're still going to get a lot of benefit. Right. All right. So that's a great question. Thanks. Okay. So let's move on to number eight. So number eight on our ways exercise can make you smarter, younger, and more successful is that exercise improves your focus. Dr. John Rattay, author of the book Spark, The Revolutionary New Science of Exercise and the Brain, he said that exercise improves your brain in the short term by raising your focus for two to three hours afterwards, just like we just talked about. Again, it's a great question. Now, this guy really helped to educate me on this school system in Naperville, Chicago. And this stuff is just like, tune in. This is really, really powerful stuff. So in 2002, a lot of different changes were happening in Naperville. And this was in the school district itself, but in particular, their high school. And there was actually some problems going on. So this wasn't like the best school district ever, but it wasn't the worst either. You know, but they were falling behind what's happening internationally, you know, especially with the outstanding students in Hong Kong and Taiwan and places of that nature. And so what happened was they imbued exercise programs into their school system on a regular basis. And here's some of the changes that took place. That year, they took the international science and math test. And again, this is international. This isn't just America. And this is where, you know, Hong Kong, Taiwan, uh, Malaysia, Singapore crush it. Mm -hmm. Here's what happened. In the U.S., they typically score in the teens, like they're ranked in the teens. But... That year, Naperville scored number one in the world in science and number six in math. After incorporating exercise on a consistent consistent basis. basis. Yes. Where they literally would have the students exercise and then go right into learning. Powerful stuff. Yes, it is. And on top of that, just 20 minutes of walking had been shown to generate a 10 to 15% better testing score after exercise. Okay, so they took tests and then they had them exercise before taking the test, two different times, okay, took the test, got a score, had exercise, and then did a test and got scores, scored 10 to 15% better, all right? That's amazing. Powerful stuff. Now, this was, by the way, I got to make this caveat. This was seen within a four-month period as a drastic decrease as well in disciplinary problems, okay? Just in a four-month period with an everyday exercise program, schools in Kansas City, so these were more problematic areas. Schools in Kansas City saw a 63% drop in the first year by incorporating daily exercise. 
Schools in Charleston, South Carolina saw an 83% drop in the first four months compared year to year in disciplinary problems. That so quickly. That quickly, you know, because again, it helps and you. And that's significant of a drop. Yeah. 83% drop? Come right. on. And then the other option is to give the children drugs. Mm-hmm. You know, just call it like it is, just to give them drugs to make mm-hmm. them to settle down, mm-hmm. calm down, pay attention. Down. Mm-hmm. When their natural state is to be moving, you know, and it's understanding our education system, there's a lot to be worked on. So initially, I remember when I was a kid, we did have gym every day for a time period when I was very young, but then it got phased out to be like every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, then two times a week, then gone. Mm-hmm. You know, then you got to pick a class. You got to pick gym if you're going to have it. Mm-hmm. And so why they did that was because America was falling behind in the test scores. You know, we were falling behind the rest of the world. So we need to have more time, a butt in chair yeah. and really try to work through this stuff. When beating a child into submission to learn is not the way to go. You know, we want to encourage all facets of being human sure. and they give them the best circumstances and conditions to really grow themselves. But that's just me. Well, the evidence is there. The evidence is there, too. It was more of a winning situation for them all. Absolutely. And so here's one other thing is that in 2002, 3% of their schools, so this is in Naperville, 3% of their school children were overweight. Mm. When the national average at that time, this was in 2002, was 33%. The national average was 33% overweight children. And it was only 3% in their school. And this is a school district of 19,000 kids. Shocking, right? Yes, it is. All right, so I'm pretty passionate about this stuff too. So that is uh, number eight, helping to improve your focus. Let's move on to number nine. Number nine is that exercise helps to burn fat and maintain a healthy body composition. Again, Captain Obvious (laughs) is on the scene to save the day. This is why people turn to exercise a lot of the time is for this benefit of burning fat and maintaining a healthy body composition. So We've talked in depth about how your body actually does that. And this is based on a couple of enzymes, certain hormones, hormone-sensitive lipase, and uh, a lot of the anabolic hormones that get produced that actually trigger your body to break down the stored glycogen and potential fat, which is, that's another big thing. It's not just about getting (laughs) getting your body to break down fat tissue takes quite a bit of work. Mm -hmm. It takes quite a bit to get your body to that place. But there's so much more. When you start to store up more and more glycogen and you have this glycogen spillover, what happens? So muscle glycogen, then liver glycogen, then this glycogen spillover. Your liver can literally produce fat in a process called lipogenesis. So it helps your body to actually prevent, especially HIIT training, lipogenesis from happening. Right? We would want that. So we want to burn fat, but also prevent our body from storing more fat in the first place. How Mm -hmm. about that? And to evade the fat that is yet to come. Okay, so now let's move on to number 10 on the 15 different ways exercise can make you smarter, younger, and more successful. All right, number 10 is that it helps you to improve your eating habits, which is this is coupled right with the fat burning and body composition, all that good stuff. So it actually helps you to improve your eating habits. And here's why. Uh, Number one, the endorphins. So the endorphins help to improve the prioritization of the brain. After exercise, your ability to sort out priorities actually improves, allowing you to block out distractions and to better concentrate on the things that you actually want to do. <laughs> right? So you can take back control of your brain. Praises. Right? And your brain might just usually be like Homer Simpson. Mm. <laughs> right. Just Don't I? Out. Yeah. Right? 
there's a monkey in there just, you know, with the, anyways, imagine. but this helps you to take back control of your brain. Another thing is, according to the American uh, Physiological Society, a vigorous 60-minute workout on a treadmill affects the release of two key appetite hormones, ghrelin and peptide YY, while 90 minutes of weightlifting affects the level of only ghrelin. The research shows that the aerobic exercise is better at suppressing appetite than non-aerobic exercise and provides a possible explanation for how this actually happens. So this is something that, you know, a lot of people, especially who are kind of in the same camp as me, that are more focused on the anaerobic exercise, you know, the weightlifting might be like, well, hey, wait a minute, what about, what about that? And what it is, is the intensity. Because I found, you know, experientially that if I'm just lifting weights and just kind of doing some powerlifting, I do tend to have an appetite after I get done. <laughs> you know, not that it's like, like raging appetite, but mm-hmm. I can eat, you know, or have protein shake or whatever. But after I do some intense like HIIT training, because I'm not really the cardio bunny. I'm not going to go and kind of do the couple miles of running, anything like that, which I have done historically. Mm-hmm. And the same thing. Afterwards, you don't really feel like eating anything. Mm-hmm. But I tell this to people a lot of times when they're just like, after when I work out, I'm so hungry. I'm just like, you're not working out hard enough, probably. You're not really putting in your A game. And so you can do this with strength training, you know, especially doing supersets and circuits you can get the benefit in the best of both worlds. So if you really put your all into doing some HIIT training, I guarantee you, you're not going to have a raging appetite when you get done. You're just going to be like, I'm cool. Mm-hmm. Hey, you want to go for pancakes? Uh, I'm good. Right. You know, well made pan. No, no, really? no, seriously. I didn't <laughs> want anyone to speak with me after we did the HIIT training. I, <laughs> I, I didn't even want to talk, let alone eat. I yeah. wanted to just kind of process the moment. You know, yeah. I sat in the car for another 15 minutes or so. But I did feel wonderful and there wasn't that instant need or even later on, actually, it lasted for a while to go consume something other than water. And that feeling tone stays around longer as well, doing intense exercise. So there you have it in black and white exercising and just the psychological thing as well is that I'm doing all this work. I'm putting in all this exercise time. I don't want to screw it up. I am not about to throw it into the wind. I'm not. So it definitely does help, but there is a physiological, biological reason why your appetite will be better controlled by exercising. Okay, so that's number 10. Let's move on to number 11. Number 11 is that it protects against Alzheimer's and dementia. Exercise helps to enhance the function of the, what's called the glymphatic system, the glymphatic system. So this is like the lymphatic system, but for your brain, okay, your brain is, there's something called the blood brain barrier. This is a closed system, okay? So with this, but your brain also has a detoxification system, which is the glymphatic system. And exercise helps to stimulate the glymphatic system, as does sleep. The glymphatic system works 10 times more when you're asleep. This is why sleep and exercise are so important to your brain health. Now, here's the thing. What Alzheimer's appears to be, one of the big issues is that an inability to eliminate wastes from the brain. So metabolic waste products from just normal brain function and dead brain cells because there's a, a block or stagnation of this glymphatic system, All right. So how can we help that? Movement, exercise can help your body to combat that. And in 2010, in the Journal of Neurocase, it was suggested that damage to the hippocampus, again, we're talking about the hippocampus, produces impairments in the ability to imagine future events in addition to the hippocampus's 
critical role in remembering past events. So that part of your brain getting damaged, and this is the part, again, surrounding tissues as well for generating stem cells and new brain cells. When this part of the brain gets damaged, just kind of gummed up, not being active via exercise, this is some of the stuff that can start to happen. You can literally start to not remember. All right. So there you go. And one more thing is that just to reiterate, exercise helps to stimulate the function of the hippocampus. The hippo. Every time I think about this, I think <laughs> I was going to say. Do you remember the game Hungry Hungry Hippo? Yes. I remember my grandma got me that. I mean, that was that's some serious right, business right. right there. Shout out to Hungry Hungry Hippo Whoever players. Created that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and the players. So um, you can get the right angle. <laughs> so I always got the orange hippo because I thought it was the closest to my <laughs> complexion of the different hippos. But anyways, so Hungry Hungry Hippo. So the function of the hippocampus, exercise helps to stimulate the function and generates the production of new brain cells and helps the brain cells to live longer. Very, very important. Let's move on to number 12. Number 12 is that exercise improves the immune system function and protects against cancer, so illnesses like cancer, and also infections. The London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine found that exercising vigorously for at least two and a half hours each week can reduce your chances of catching the flu. Exercise circulates blood and immune factors and also moves the lymphatic system like we talked about. And more than two dozen studies have shown that women who exercise have a 30 to 40% lower risk of developing breast cancer than their sedentary peers. Okay, Again, it's right there in black and white. There is a tremendous amount of studies showing that exercise is a powerful prevention for cancer. Pretty much Perfect. all types. Mm-hmm. Right? Very, very powerful stuff. And we can literally devote a whole show just talking about that. And lastly, it reduces blood estrogens, which this is one of the components, especially of something like breast cancer, right? And reduces blood sugar, which is another component to cancer, cancer and also the insulin response, Mm -hmm. okay? Because insulin is a growth factor, right? Which can help the development of things that you don't necessarily want to grow as well. So all good stuff happening with exercise. Let's move on to number 13 of our 15 different ways exercise can make you smarter, younger, and more successful. And this is a pretty good one. Exercise can actually help to improve your sexual health. Yes, sir. And this is, the benefits are twofold. Number one, psychologically, you feel more confident about yourself. Mm-hmm. I feel good. Uh-huh. You feel good. I can make you, you look feel good. good. You know? You can make me feel good. And <laughs> number two is that you have the benefit of improved circulation. Sure. And the health of your sexual glands and organs are going to get that good blood flow. And again, this might be Captain Obvious, but sometimes we don't think about it. Of course not. Exercise can really help with that. There's a study published in the American Journal of Cardiology that indicates that aerobic exercise may help to improve erectile dysfunction. Finding that even a brisk walk for 30 minutes a day, four times a week, may be enough to radically improve the symptoms of ED, a.k.a. erectile mm-hmm. dysfunction. All right, so dysfunction. <laughs> clinically proven just getting out and doing some walking, you know, that cardiovascular exercise and movement, wonderful stuff. Also the endorphins, those feel-good hormones. They make you feel good. When you feel good, you could feel better. Everybody you know? wins. It's a gateway. Mm-hmm. And uh, what else? So we've also got the improved hormone function, obviously. So especially with strength training in particular, leads to an increase in testosterone production. And that is the big driver of sexual desire for men and women, you know, and with women, it's much more complex. There's a lot. There's a more say. of a hormonal soup going on. But testosterone is a really powerful component of that. You know, for guys, we're obviously a little bit more simple, you know, a little bit. We're also very, very complex when you look at 
stuff biochemically, but testosterone is a very, very powerful driver for that. So lift some weights, lift some weights, do some walking. You're going to be good. There you go. You'll get that affirmation as well. All right. So let's move on to number 14. Number 14 is that it improves cardiovascular health and endurance. Muscular endurance, literally, it's so important for you to be able to just grind and to keep going for you to take action in your life. You know, you have to have physiological endurance to get stuff done. And you build that through exercise. Number one, it increases your VO2 max and your VO2 max. Basically, that stands for the maximum oxygen uptake. And it refers to the amount of oxygen that your body is capable of utilizing in a minute. And it's a measure of your capacity for aerobic work. And it can be essentially a, a predictor of your potential endurance. Okay, so it helps to increase your VO2 max. Also, it helps to overall, if you're going to have complete cardiovascular health, researchers have found that you need to work all of your different muscle fibers. So the fast twitch, slow twitch, intermediate twitch muscle fibers. So aerobic and anaerobic activity. By the way, aerobic refers to the fact that this type of exercise requires oxygen to generate the energy to sustain the activity. Anaerobic activity doesn't necessarily require oxygen for that. Now, researchers say that anaerobic exercise improves heart function in a way that aerobic exercise simply can't. So when we think of cardio, you know, I got to get my cardio on. We're neglecting the fact that that's just one part of the pie, Mm -hmm. right? Strength training can help you in just essentially more intense exercise, the anaerobic nature. So, you know, high intensity interval training or weightlifting, your heart is a muscle as well. You know, it really helps to strengthen your heart in a way that nothing else can. And after anaerobic training, such as sprinting, for example, your heart rate stays elevated for several hours versus, you know, you're doing some long distance training and it's kind of over when it's over. This post-exercise effect causes positive adaptions in your cardiovascular system. Really, really great stuff. All right, so that's number 14. We're on our final one of our 15 different ways that exercise can make you smarter, younger, and more successful. Number 15 is that it strengthens Your bones, strengthens your bones. Bones are actually living tissue. And we often think about our bones because they can break, is that they're rigid. They're these very hard things that can snap. It actually takes a really tremendous load at a really strange angle oftentimes for our bones to break. They're living kind of pliable, growing, moving tissue. Really, really interesting stuff. They're really just fascinating. We're so fascinating. But our bones are some of the most complex and interesting and fascinating things about us. So here's the deal. Load-bearing exercise works to build stronger bones by stimulating something called the osteoblasts. And these are the cells that are responsible for synthesis and mineralization of the bone. Okay, So you can stimulate your osteoblasts to do work, lay down that new bone, but you need load-bearing exercise to do that. According to research, sprinting and jumping are the most well-studied examples of high-impact exercise for bone health. A study published in the American Journal of Health Promotion found that women ages 25 to 50 who leaped like fleas, <laughs> I don't know when they got this terminology, who leaped like fleas at least 10 times in a row, twice per day for four months, significantly increased the density of their hip bones. Okay, and in particular with women, there's a greater tendency in older age to have hip fractures. You can strengthen those hip bones by leaping like a flea. Like leaping like a flea. You'd be like uh, Ant Woman or <laughs> the Wasp. 
That, well, I would like that. Yeah. I would like that. But the ant, basically what that means is, you know, you're crouching down and then exploding upward and forward, mm-hmm. you know, so kind of doing like hops, jumping forward, like a broad jump. Oh. Okay. So Trampolines doing, can help with that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. obviously the mini trampoline, the rebounders, which I just did that this morning. I do that most mornings actually right now because I cycle stuff, but clinically proven radical increase in your bone density and also moving that lymphatic system like nothing else can. But jumping and sprinting are the most studied and it just works. Sweet. Also, uh, it increases the assimilation of nutrients for your bones. So movement. And there's a powerful study that I came across when I was on my own walk to recovery, literally. And the study showed that, you know, because I was eating all this wonderful food because I found that my spine that was deteriorating was missing these key nutrients. And so I started to consume these things. But I found in the study that they took horses and they were giving them supplements because if the horse broke its bones during training or whatever the case may be, it's grounds for it to be put down. And these race horses are like millions of dollars investment. Number one, if the human doesn't necessarily care, you know, and just seeing it like that, but also, you know, for it to be alive and to be functional, protecting their bones is a high priority. Right. And so what they found was they gave the horses supplements and they kept them caged, you know, and they're stable. And they did have a very, very minor increase in their bone density, but it didn't even compare close to the horses that were given the supplements and walked. Mm-hmm. You know, they had pasture time. Powerful stuff. I mean, it was like... That's great evidence. Almost twice as much increase in the bone density. Really fascinating stuff. So you have to move in order to assimilate all the good stuff that you're taking in via your diet. Yes, you do. So that's our 15 different ways for... Exercise, helping to make you smarter, younger, and more successful. I hope that you got a lot of value out of this. And, you know, my question to you is, you know, again, knowing these things, why are we not exercising? Knowing that you get all of this benefit, what's stopping you? And it's just being honest with yourself about the excuses, you know, the excuses that we put up as a front for us not stepping into our potential because you absolutely have the capacity. There is definitely, there's a thousand ways that you can make this happen. And I'm not saying that you need to take out an hour or two hours a day, even 10 minutes, you know, just give yourself a start, start with something. If right now you're having even a difficult time walking, just walking down your street and back, you know, start there, but build on that every day, add a little bit more on there because you can do so much and you've got to give yourself credit to do so and also get out of your excuses. I understand we have busy lives. We've got a lot of stuff going on with our family, but our families need the best of us. So we have to show up in our best capacity And a big component of that is us getting up and being active. So I encourage you and I implore you, if you listen to this today, this is a call today from this day forward to give your body the movement and exercise that it deserves on a daily basis, right? Because it's going to help to bring so much more good stuff to your life. I promise you that. So take care, have an amazing day, and I'll talk with you soon. And make sure for more after the show, you head over to theshawnstevensonmodel.com. That's where you can find the show notes. And if you've got any questions or comments, make sure to let me know. And please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and let everybody know that our show is awesome and you're loving it. And I read all the comments, so please leave me a comment there. And take care, everybody. promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help transform your life. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks.